0: Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. So writes the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Thessalonians. Perhaps he knew we were going to hear this parable this morning and knew we needed some encouragement. But certainly Paul knows that outside of the grace of Christ, life in this old world is full of voices that promise peace but cannot deliver it. And they finally leave us with no hope. And that is a scary place to be. So scary that you might just go out and dig a hole and bury not only all of your possessions, but all of your talents too. But fear not. There is encouragement. There is indeed good news. For Jesus comes to take away your fear. It is true that Paul says, the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And this also sounds scary. But while others will look for peace and security in all sorts of theories of self-improvement or bunkers of protection, false protection, I remind you now that you, beloved, who are baptized into Christ, you are not in the darkness. You may have forgotten that, but you are not in the darkness for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you who are in Christ... You are children of the light. You are children of the day. Now, that's not to say that you can't go out and enjoy the nighttime, a little bonfire perhaps in the backyard, or a stroll through the Christmas lights of Falls Park. But it is to say that your sins have been forgiven, and you now have nothing to fear. Whatever fears you hold on to, and I suspect you are holding on to some, Christ comes now to take them to himself, and leave you with his promise of forgiveness and resurrection from the dead. So you can stop digging your holes, know that your sins are forgiven, and you are now free to enter into all sorts of relationships in faith, in the joy of your master. Amen. Our 7th and 8th grade confirmation students have finally made it through the Ten Commandments, in our Wednesday night classes. It's taken this long into the fall. The question has been asked why Luther, who seemed to focus so much on the grace of Christ, began his catechism with the law, with the Ten Commandments. You might be wondering yourselves why Jesus continues to barrage us on these Sunday mornings with the parables of God's judgment. Well, Luther wrote that in the Ten Commandments we are shown our sickness, our sin, and hence our need for something more, something more than we can produce, for something that otherwise we might scoff at, as so many have done and do. For the law shows us our need for forgiveness and our need to hear it every day in order to live in the freedom of Christ. Otherwise, we are just digging holes, like old one-coin Now, Jesus' parable in Matthew 25, which we've heard this morning, is often called the parable of the talents. But it was recently renamed by our dear Dr. Stephen Paulson as the parable of old one coin to remind us of that one slave, the poor one who, though he was entrusted with $1 million of his master's money to expand, out of fear, dug a hole and buried it in the ground. And of course, as we've heard, when the master came back, he was not pleased with old one coin, but he banished him to the outer darkness. And this is scary, this judgment. Yet just as Luther begins his small catechism with the Ten Commandments to show us our sickness, our sin, and our need for forgiveness in Christ, Jesus now shares these parables of judgment to show us that outside of his grace, we are lost and condemned in our own sin of fear and false trust. Now, it would be easy from this parable to say that you must follow in the way of the first two slaves, two coin and five coin, for they did well. And certainly God's law has something to say about this, about using your gifts, your wealth, and your talents well for the sake of the master's kingdom. This much is true but it will not be your salvation or your peace. The law demands that you use your talents for the sake of your neighbor and for the sake of the gospel. But here Jesus is saying that outside of faith, that is when fear is your biggest motivator, the result of any of our works is sin. Now I can relate to the third slave, to old one coin. For there are days when I look around the world far and near, and wonder if just burying all of my possessions would be the best investment strategy. Maybe you've wondered this, too. But this is not faith. It is fear. However, fear is a powerful stopper. When I was a seminary student, perhaps out of fear that I would never be rich, I studied investment theories in the stock market. Now, I never became great at it, uh, and I'm not. uh, And I didn't have really any money to risk when I was in seminary. But I did buy some books, read up, and play around in the market with fake money to see what would happen if I had invested with certain strategies. You might think I should have been studying the gospels harder. Maybe true. But it was somewhat entertaining, at the very least. When I landed my first job out of seminary, as a pastor anyway, and that was here at First Lutheran, I did uh, have a little extra money to invest in. Se- For fun, I did that. And I didn't make a lot of money there either, but I didn't lose a lot. However, my very best or luckiest investment decision has also become my worst. And I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it to you even now. You recall the Great Recession of 2008, I suspect, if you are old enough to remember that. The stock market tanked, of course, based on uh, bad housing loans being given out. For some reason, and I don't really know why, so I can't claim any credit, uh, I had the sense or the luck to pull out this small little uh, amount of money of the stock market before that recession. After the market fell, I thought I was a pretty smart guy. (laughs) Now, uh, the trick, of course, isn't just when to pull money out, but also when to put it back in. This is the hard part of the market, Uh, if you're playing around with it. And I was afraid of messing up. And I felt so safe with this little amount of money in cash, in this hole in the ground, so to speak, not in in the downward spiral that the rest of the economy was in. So I just kept it there. And I missed out on all the positive upticks since then. To this very day, this money is still in cash. And this is ridiculous. Now, I'll have to admit that, that when my wife and I speak about retirement strategies, there are times where I try to impress her with my knowledge of investments, which isn't that great, by the way. And she is able to remind me, but what about this uh, little, uh, little uh, shell of money here sitting in the ground in cash? What did you do with that? And I'm brought right back down to earth and reminded that I'm not so wise. But this is the power of fear. It is the same fear that caused old one talent to bury his treasure in the ground out of fear of the master. And it is where all of us are, maybe not in investing, but in our lives, digging holes of protection when we are not hearing God's word. But this is not where Jesus leaves you when it comes to your faith, and he has a word for you now. Now, it is one thing to say, be brave, be creative, be fearless, go out there in the world and make a difference. We hear this message (laughs) often enough in the world, but the message cannot create bravery or creativity or fearlessness. Often it only causes us to look inside and wonder where those qualities are. But Christ now, in his word, says, I love you, I forgive you. He says, I take you in, and you are mine. He says this in your baptisms, where not only sin and fear are taken away, but where you are joined to the death of Christ so that the power of death is defeated. And there is nothing now to fear. There is nothing now in Christ to fear. Our next lesson in confirmation now that we've gotten through the Ten Commandments, well, we learned about God the Father last week, and after Thanksgiving, we'll learn about God the Son, Jesus, the second article of the Apostles' Creed, And I want you, along with our confirmation students, to hear Luther's explanation for what kind of treasure our Savior has given to you. I'm going to read this to you from the catechism. And you're welcome to take a look if you want. You maybe didn't know that the small catechism is included in the back of our hymnal. It's in very small print, but it is there. And Luther asks this question when we say, I believe in Jesus Christ. He asks, well, what does this mean? And he answers, I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father in eternity, and also a true human being, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. And now I'm going to change the pronoun so that you hear it as your Lord. He has redeemed you, a lost and condemned human being. He has purchased and freed you from all your sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. He has done all this in order that you may belong to him, to live under him in his kingdom and serve him in eternal righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Just as he has risen from the dead and lives and rules eternally, this is most certainly true, Luther says. And now here is your treasure, that you have been freed from sin, death, and the power of the devil, not with silver or gold, but the holy, precious blood and innocent suffering and death of Christ. As you come to receive communion this day, know that that little wafer and drink of wine are truly more valuable than a million-dollar coin, than a talent, than anything you could possibly earn. For here Christ gives to you his body and blood so that you may be free. Free to invest, yes. Free to spend, yes. Free to give, free to enter into this messy world with not just any joy, but the joy of the Master. For our God is a giver, and he gives you all the things now. You have all the things in Christ. And even if you tried to bury it all in a hole in the ground, well, this has been tried, and Christ himself was raised up out of that hole three days later. Now in Christ, you too will be raised from whatever dark holes you've been digging, For you are children of the light. Amen.